It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. My guest is singer Bob Anderson, who will be performing at the Italian American Club showroom two nights only, December 27th and 28th at 8 p.m. For ticket information, go to iacvegas.com. And for everything about Bob Anderson, go to bobanderson.com. And Bob, welcome back to the show. Ira, it's so nice to talk to you. It's been a while. I like the way you say that, Ira. It's been very nice to talk to you. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I meant that. Way. No, I know. It, it just sounds so formal. That's all. So. You know, I know you as not only a singer, but an impressionist, but you always like to be introduced as singer Bob Anderson. Can you give us the distinction of why that changed? Because in the early years, you were known as a, I think it was Merv Griffin that called you the singing impressionist. So tell us a little about how you evolved and why you, you're mainly, you're a singer now, not an impressionist, or you do both, you know. No, that, that's how it is. What I, what I want to do is I always wanted to think of myself as a singer first, who happens to do impressions. Right, because uh, you, have, you have a great voice, and you sing as yourself as well, and then you do all these other voices. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I want to do. You're right, it was Merv Griffin who got all that together for me and made me a singing impressionist. One evening at a party at his home, I was never doing impressions, and I told you the story, you know all about it. Yes, but, but some uh, of our listeners may not, so go ahead. Yeah, well, Nancy Sinatra had introduced me to Merv Griffin. He, uh, she took me on his program with her, and when I was there, he asked me if I wanted to, uh, if he, would you like to sing a song? And I said, uh, yeah. So I did wind up singing a song, and after I did that tune, like uh, it was a, I forget what day it was, but as soon as the show was over, I mean, he got a real nice response. When the show was over, I got home. The next day, I got a phone call from Paul Anka, and Paul Anka said, Bob, this is Paul Anka. <laughs> I said, hey, Paul, it is you. So uh, anyway, uh, what he said, he said, you know, I'd like he wanted to bring me back to Merv Griffin show with him a couple of days later. And I said, well, you don't remember I was just on there, uh, Paul, I was just on that show. And he says, don't worry about it. So anyway, he brought me back on again. And I'm saying this because I had gone on the show a couple of times, three times, and finally Merv Griffin came up to me and said, Bob, you know, he said, we'd like to have you on the show, but you have to have a reason for being here. You either have to write a book, be in the movies, or something like that, or have a hit record. That ended my Merv Griffin experience for about <laughs> a half a year. And uh, Why didn't you write I, a book, Bob? Well, I'm going to do that. I mean, I could, but, you know, I'm going to ask you about that, Ira. I just, everybody keeps asking me about me writing a book, but uh, anyway, we'll talk about that. Okay, so, because you, Merv, are identif uh, you are identified with a, a particular phase of Las Vegas entertainment history, and so I think it'd be interesting to read a, if not a memoir, just a, a narrative of those years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I've got, uh, like, the first chapter of something like that already written. And be it would be a, it's certainly not going to be a show-and-tell book, you know. That's Las Vegas, you know. You don't want to do that. And, uh, no, I'm just kidding. You know, it's really just a nice, how it happened and what a great time it was, the people I met and all the stars I've worked with, and that's what it's going to be about when I, when I write it. So, anyway, I'm no, I thought Merv Griffin's. Uh, I was working uh, after that. I left 
about half of, six months I was gone then when Nancy uh, closed the show and I went back to hometown in Detroit and then I was hooked on show business because, you know, when I was with Nancy Sinatra, she started me off. I was never doing it before. So when I left her, now I, I you know, I was on the main showroom of the Sahara Hotel with her and up in Lake Tahoe at King's Castle, Atlantic City and all these different places. So when she she quit because she was she was pregnant now, and she had a couple of miscarriages. So I took off and went back to Michigan. But when I was there, like I said, I was really back into the business mentally now. So I moved to New York. And I found somebody that I started working with, a guy that just kind of taught you how to walk on stage and how to hold a mic and all those things if you wanted to be in the business. And his name was Phil Moore of the Fillmore Four. Have you ever heard of them? The Fillmore Four? That group I have not heard of. Yeah. I heard of the well, Fillmore Refrigerator. It, well, he owned that, too. He okay. had a lot of money. <laughs> so anyway, I was in New York, and I get a phone call, and it's Joan Rivers. And Nancy Sinatra told Joan to call me you know, when she had something for me. So she called and asked if I wanted to come back and work at the Ye Little Club in Beverly Hills, which was a workshop for Joan Rivers. Now, for your listeners and for yourself, a little side note here is, did you ever hear the song that... Sammy Davis and Frank Sinatra sing together, Me and My Shadow. Yes. We're closer to da ba da do da do da Me and my shadow, you know, strolling down the avenue, and Sammy, you're closer than a miser than a greyhound. You never heard that, Ira? I did. Oh, okay, I didn't hear you. So, yes. So you did hear that? Yes. Well, at the end of the song, he said, we'll stop in to do whatever. We'll go to the little club, too. That's, was the, that was the room, the little club. And it had a, it was a very little room that had 60 people and a very cool little bar in the back when, or in the front when you would walk in. And Sinatra uh, used to hang out there all the time. And he and Milton Berle and uh, all those people and Sammy Davis. So Joan Rivers was working there and I was warming up for her with a piano and just myself. And Merv Griffin walked in and he stayed for the performance and he, came up to me after he said hello, and he said he's having a party at his house on Sunday, and I'd like you to come, Bob. I go to his home. He's up in the Hollywood Hills, man. I mean, really, he's right up there. He's Merv Griffin, okay? You walk in, and it's one of these great big castles, you know, like and you look out in the back, and there's the swimming pool way down the hill, and the tennis courts are further down, and, you know, it was really amazing. But when I walked in, all of Hollywood was there. It was his, it was his 50th birthday party. I mean, Cary Grant, Gregory Peck, Kirk Douglas, Elizabeth Taylor, all these people. And when I walked in, I felt so out of place. The Beach Boys were sitting right as soon as I opened the door, and Mama Cass had her leg in a cast, and it was resting on Brian Wilson's lap. I mean, it was just like that. And when I walked in, a girl comes running up to me and jumps, puts her arms around me and says, will you dance with me? And it was Goldie Hawn. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so... Merv Griffin starts playing the piano at his home. And nobody was really paying attention because, you know, they were all, not that they wouldn't, but it was all these big stars, and they all were doing their thing and just having a good time. So Merv says, Bob, come up and sing a song. So I did. I went up and sang a song, and Ira, out of nowhere, I don't know where it came from, I was never doing impressions. But he started to play the songs, and I started singing them just like the artist that made him famous. 
I'll never forget he played Misty, and I went right into Johnny Mathis, and I was doing Misty. Well, he turned around at me and looked, and everybody looked. Now, pretty soon, Merv says, that was amazing, Bob. I didn't know you did that. I said, I didn't know I did either. <laughs> and it's an, how about doing San Francisco? Maybe you'll sound like Tony Bennett. Ha, 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 and he starts laughing. So we did San Francisco, and all the people come running and walking in the room, and you could hear a pin drop, and I was doing Tony Bennett. So then Robert Goulet was standing in the back of the room, with his, uh, leaning up against the wall, and he says, hey, kid, can you do me? And so I went and did, if ever I would leave you, and I did this from Camelot. And the people were just flipped out. And I'll never forget, Cary Grant was sitting on the floor right next to me by the piano, and he said, but this is really something. I've, I've never heard anything like this. So I said, well, holy cow. So Merv Griffin turned to me and said, we found your act. You're going to be the singing impressionist. Now we can have you back on the show. So that night, he and Mort Lindsay, who was his piano conductor, and Judy Garland's also, wrote my whole act for me as a singing impressionist. He brought me back to Caesar's Palace, and he said, all those great stars are wrapped up in this next young man that's about to come out here. You've seen him be here before, but he's a whole new person, and wait do you hear him. He's the singing impressionist. And that was it. So I was always doing singing impressions, and everywhere I would go, that's what I had to do. So as a result of that, I wasn't doing Bob Anderson. And I was never really recording many songs. So today, I don't have any songs out there on the market, you know, that are really for sale. Right. So it was really kind of a, I really got, uh, you know, bugged with myself for, over that because, uh, I mean, I like doing the impressions of things. And of course, as you know, in my regular nightclub act, I do about five or six or seven songs of myself in the beginning. And they're songs that are leading to where I'm going. Then I do my impressions and I always close it myself. So I like to think of myself as Bob is a singer who happens to do impressions, so I'm singer-slash-impressionist. So this could be the longest answer to a question I've ever asked in the history of the <laughs> I show. Just gonna, I, that, I, <laughs> but, yeah. no, I think we might have had a couple of longer ones down there in, uh, in uh, Vegas. Where, 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 where was that down in town we used to do this? <laughs> Over at the uh, Union Plaza Union Hotel. Plaza, right. Those were great ones. Yeah, exactly. So, so now I think a lot of people in Las Vegas, because you, as I mentioned, you'll be at the Italian American Club December 27th and 20th. Here in Las Vegas, you, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but from a Vegas perspective, meaning those yep. in town, your reign at the Dunes was a, really established you as part of the Las Vegas entertainment fabric. Yes, it did. Uh, when I started doing Griffin, Mike Douglas saw me on the Griffin show, and that's how I got a Mike Douglas. Johnny Carson saw me on the Mike Douglas show, and that's when one of his people that would call you, invite you on the show. I can't think what it's called. Talent uh, coordinator. Cord, talent. Very good talent coordinator. He called me and said that Johnny had seen you. Can you come on the show? So I started doing the Carson shows, but I was doing all these impressions. And, you know, I'm going to give you a little side note here because this is a cool story, too. The first time I was on The Tonight Show, I was on with Muhammad Ali and Bob Hope. And I was so intimidated, I couldn't believe it, because when I walked in, they took me to the dressing rooms, and the first dressing room door said Bob Hope on it. The next one said Bob Anderson. And then the third one said Muhammad Ali. Now, I was right between these two guys. 
I was just, again, as I said, so intimidated, and I was so, I was new. You know, the impressions were new for me, and so was show business, basically. And so I was down on the stage. You know, when you do The Tonight Show, you get there about 10 o'clock, and 11 o'clock you start doing your rehearsals and things, and everybody rehearses on stage. Then after that, you go to the commissary, and everybody sits around and talks and has something to eat. You go back to your room, and the show starts, your dressing room, and the show starts to tape at 3 o'clock. So we go over there, and I'm on the stage doing my rehearsal. And while I'm on the stage rehearsing, I've got four minutes. They gave me four minutes on the show. So all of a sudden, it's silent in the room, and we see coming down the stairway. You remember the how the, how the uh, elevations of the seats were in the Tonight Show? because. Carson used to walk up the stairs and right, get, and right. with the mic and talk to people. Yeah, like stump the van type of thing too. Yes, exactly. Right. Well, he was he was coming down uh, the the steps and he came down and he came up on the stage where I was performing, and he said he said Bob Johnny Carson and I said Johnny wow so nice to be here on your show and all this stuff and he says to me is everything all right he says you have everything is uh, what he said you know I want to tell you something. I was sitting in my office, and I heard Tony Bennett, and then I heard Tom Jones, and I said, that's funny. Uh, they're not on my show, and you made me come down here. So that's when he says, everything okay? And me, innocently naive in the beginning of my career here, I told him, Johnny, I said, you know, they gave me four minutes to do here. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do this. I'm trying to do six different characters here. And he says, hold on, Bob. He calls Peter Lacelli over, and he says, let the kid do his act. So I do my act. I go out there, and I'm a, not. There was a whole, a whole bunch of stuff to tell you on this thing, but that'll be in the book. But anyway, so I do the show, and I wound up doing 14 minutes on the show. They didn't expect me to do that long, okay? But when I did it, after I was done with the, with the 14 minutes. The whole band stands up and starts applauding. Then the whole audience starts up applauding. And you know you don't sit down on the uh, over there on the couch. by on your Nobody ever has the first time, except Frank Sinatra, the first time he walked on. Nobody sits down, you know, on the couch the first time. So I didn't sit down, but Carson was applauding so much in Muhammad Ali and Hope that he got out of his seat and came over to me and stopped everything and started talking to me. And he said, you know, a sensational, all this stuff. Thanks, Bob. We really read. But the whole thing was 14 and a half minutes. That's amazing. I know. He wasn't even upset either. So I go home after the show. And that evening, I'm watching the television set. And as, uh, you mean as, as after, a, after my taping. You mean as opposed to the radio, you were watching the television. Exactly. Yeah. And I go over to the, exactly. <laughs> so I'm, uh, we're laying in bed, my wife and myself. And uh, it's Tony Bennett, and Sinatra's talking to him, and or Sinatra's talking to him. I got Frank in my head too much. But Carson's talking to him, and he said, Tony, you ever, you ever see Bob Anderson, do you? And he says, yeah. He says, I, you know, I, I did. And they start talking, and every, it was amazing. They were talking about me now. <laughs> That's great. So the next morning, the phone <laughs> rings, and it's the Carson show. And he said, Bob, you killed Johnny. You just loved it. Can you come back Thursday? I went back Thursday. And Ira, to this day, I'm the only person in the history of The Tonight Show that has ever been on it 
as a performer twice in one week. And did you have enough material for the second? Because usually you don't expect to be invited back that quick. Did you have a different material to use on the oh, second yeah. appearance? Yeah, yeah, uh, but And that was a mistake. That was a mistake. See, so you would not have helped me at all in that situation. Because you would have said if you were my manager, here, Bob, do, the, do, do these now because you just did these. No, that's what I did. And I should have stuck with the guys that I originally did because I had all the biggest, biggest stars. And then I got cute on my second time in. And I did people who were not quite as big, like Buddy Greco and, you know, people like that. Right. And then they asked me after, Bob, why would you change it and all this stuff? Uh, he said, you got you tore the place apart. But anyway, you know, they were happy with it. But I would I wish I would have done exactly what I did the first time. Yeah, so, no, that, that, I see what you're saying. Let's take a break. My guest, singer Bob oh, Anderson. Already? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bob Anderson, he'll be performing at the Italian American Club showroom two nights only. December 27th and 28th at 8 p.m. For ticket information, go to IACVegas.com. And for everything about Bob Anderson, go to BobAnderson.com. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more Talk About Las Vegas with Ira in just a moment. You've seen mobsters and cops face off on the big screen. You've heard the legends of Al Capone and Elliot Ness. But how much do you know about what really happened? Dive into the true stories behind the myths of organized crime and law enforcement at the Mob Museum, the country's finest collection of mob artifacts, history, and interactive exhibits. Find out more and get tickets at themobmuseum.org. Now let's get back to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Welcome back. I'm talking with singer Bob Anderson. He's performing at the Italian American Club showroom two nights only, December 27th and 28th at 8 p.m. For ticket information, go to IACVegas.com. And for everything about Bob Anderson, go to BobAnderson.com. And Bob, I think what's going to happen based on, on your loquacious style, if you did write a memoir or a book, a narrative, a autobiography, you would need an editor to get it down to a reasonable 922 pages. That's you. Oh, okay. I, I could do that. Yeah, <laughs> I could do that. So here's the thing that fascinates me about you. I want to move forward in decades to your tour de force, as they say, of Sinatra, where you perform as Sinatra with an orchestra and with makeup and getting rave reviews wherever it's performed. The amount of time and effort and preparation that you did on that is such that, do you see yourself doing that again, or is it just so much time, effort, and, and uh, everything else? I do. As a matter of fact, the show is definitely going to Broadway. Good. Eva Price is my producer, and Eva Price has, uh, she's really been the, the main producer. I mean, she's won the Tony Awards the last six years. Every year, she's taken the majority of the awards. She's had Sir Evan Hansen. Uh, she's had uh, the Gloria Estefan movie. She's had uh, or the thing. She's, she's just done a whole bunch. She's just brought Oklahoma back to uh, Broadway. And she, we're bringing my show back. We're trying to find a theater now. And uh, we think that it will be out in early spring. But what I'm doing uh, prior to that, I might as well put this in here, too. I'll sure. be coming back to Las Vegas with the show. I'm at the Smith Center on uh, the – let me see. When am I there? 
I believe I am at the, the Smith Center on, uh, it's in April. I know that. You can look it up. I don't even know when I'm there. <laughs> That's okay. Well, but, well, at least we'll mention, yeah, people will know yeah, that you're coming. Yeah, it's at the Smith Center. Um, yeah, because the, uh, if you haven't seen Bob in this. In the big hall. It's in, it's yeah, in, in Reynolds, uh, hall. Hall? Reynolds Hall. Reynolds Hall, yes. Right. So if you haven't seen Bob perform in this, I don't even want to say recreation. It's it's a very unique presentation of Sinatra. You inhabit Sinatra's essence, I guess is the way to say it. We call I call it a reenactment. And it's what it is. It's like I'm, you know, what I'm doing is, you know, as I, I, I've, never been a, I've never been an impressionist that exaggerated things to make them through because I believe that when you exaggerate, you take away from authenticity. Right. So I never did that uh, to make my point, you know. It was just, I, I've always had some, it all started when, when, I, when I said before about Merv Griffin that I'm not going to get back into that, thank goodness. So, <laughs> so but when I was, I was the youngest of eight kids in our, in our home, and I would babysit all the time. So when I would be babysitting, after the kids fell asleep or whatever, I would always be following, I'd always put the speakers up to my ears, and I wanted to learn to sing. And I would try to sing as close to the greatest singers of all time and try to sound just like them. Because deep, what that was doing was embedding that sound in my brain, I guess. Because when I needed it, when it came out again, at the Merv Griffins, you know, it was a house, it was very easy to do. So now, when I, uh, when I do performers, I never work at it. You know, I just kind of step into their character. However, I must say this. Doing the Frank Sinatra, learning that one there, it was really, uh, it was quite a difficult task because Sinatra is by far the most difficult performer to do an impression of. And I think one of the reasons, well, there's a number of reasons, but as a, as a singer's point of view would be that he doesn't have anything to grab onto. He's right down the middle. You know, if, you know, if you're going to be Tony Bennett, you're up here, you know, and Andy Williams is down here, and, you know, Robert Goulet, but Sinatra's right down the middle. You know, it's nothing there. So, plus the fact that he's Frank Sinatra, and you're worried all the time about, you know, wow, who's this guy I think he is trying to do Frank Sinatra? But we did it, and I'm, I'm doing it. I, I get my makeup, you know, the makeup is uh, it's Kazu Suji, uh, who also won the Oscar this year for Churchill. Uh, he did my makeup. And uh, he did Benjamin Buttons. He did uh, all of Eddie Murphy's. He, he did uh, uh, just a whole bunch of them. So uh, anyway, I'm doing the show, and uh, I I use 32 musicians for those of those who have not seen the show. It is still active. I just came off of a tour with Live Nation. I was doing a, a city 12-city tour across around the country, and uh, as soon as we do this show, and on Broadway. Uh, after the run is over, I will be back with Live Nation again to take a, a national and an international tour. With That's great. And so well, once again, let's mention it's going to be coming to the Smith Center in April of uh, 2020. I'd like to also just do a quick nod to Vinnie Falcone, who worked with you on that and who's no yes. longer with us, but he was just a great guy. Um, he, he was, Vince was, was an absolutely wonderful uh, individual, and he was Frank Sinatra's musical director for a little over a decade. And uh, I must say, too, that Vince was with me before he was with Frank Sinatra. And I, I, I say that uh, this, too, he, we, were, we were 
doing really well, and he came to me and said, uh, hey, Bob, he says, I've got to tell you, I've got to leave the show. I've been offered another gig. And I said, Vince, man, everything is going cool right now. We had a great trio. We got some bookings. And, you know, I mean, why, you know, I, I don't get it. What he, well, he says it's Frank Sinatra. And, and I didn't breathe for a second. And I said, well, big deal, Vince. <laughs> Frank Sinatra, what is that? <laughs> so anyway, so you own Frank Sinatra. And uh, Vince is, I have to tell you, I think everybody should know this, that, 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 that Vince was not only Frank Sinatra's musical director, and personal uh, accompanist, a piano player, and very, very close friend. But he also played that very same role with more major stars in the industry than anyone in the history of our industry. He played that role with Tony Bennett, with Andy Williams, with Jack Jones, with Robert Goulet, and with Steve Lawrence and Edie Gourmet. He was musical director for all of those people throughout his career. And he also was with Jerry Lewis at the Smith Center. Jerry Lewis very much as well, right, exactly. And there are a few ladies also in there that, uh, that I can't even think of right now, but he was with them as well. But uh, Vince was just, just fantastic. And he yeah, was, I just wanted to mention him and have you give a nod, which you did, and I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, he was the greatest. And now what we're doing is uh, the show is coming, uh, like I said, to the, to the uh, Smith Center, right. Reynolds Hall. And uh, I'm really looking forward to coming back there to Las Vegas, you know, and doing the show again. The well, last we... time that I did it there was the first time I was doing it anywhere, and that was at uh, the Palazzo Hotel right, right. Uh, back in uh, 2016. Before I let you go, because we just have a couple of minutes left, I want to talk about your upcoming appearance at the Italian American Club, because it's an intimate showroom, so it's a whole different approach. It's not like a big, big show such as no. the Frank Sinatra uh, show this is more intimate and much more your comfort zone in a sense. I think. What I want, I'm so glad you brought that up too because I have to tell you this. I'm getting phone calls from some people that are saying to me, "Bob, uh, I don't understand." They said you're you're still headlining in the in the hotels on the Las Vegas Strip. Why are you doing the Italian American Club? And it's a simple answer to them is because I want to do it. It's a nightclub, it's an intimate nightclub, and it's one of the nicest ones that you can find anywhere. I love the people there, and it's an opportunity for me to go out and just, you know, and just have a great time in that room. I'm bringing a tremendous quartet with me, and they're doing a lot of different things in the, in the room for me. They're, you know, they're making a, extending the, the, the stage. I'm going to have a, a, what do you call it, a platform that you walk out into the middle of the audience. We're going to have got uh, a lot of different things that we're doing for the show, and I'm really looking forward to doing it in there. I, uh, I, I every time I come into town, that's my favorite place to hang out. You know, their food is great, and I'm sure you've been in there. But and uh, right, uh, but um, you know, Jimmy and Ben Spano, they're, they're just the greatest to work for, and. It's a lot of fun, and that's why I want to do that that place. And that's why I wanted to have you on, because it's a, it's a great little venue for you. It's, as you said, it's intimate. It's just a very comfortable Yeah, 225 is, is all right. the seats. And right. They're all right there, and I'm going to be able to walk into the room. I'm going to walk around the room and go to the different tables, because, you know, I'll know a lot of people. And I'm, I'm really going to, what the show's about is I'm taking them back to that great period of Las Vegas. Right. I'm going to take them back to when I was working at the top of the dunes and do that show for them. And uh, where I'll, I'll be singing a lot of the great, great songs. 
And, of course, I'm going to pay tribute to the stars that made this town the entertainment capital of the world. Well, that's a great way to end it. My guest has been singer Bob Anderson. He'll be performing at the Italian American Club showroom two nights only, December 27th and 28th at 8 p.m. For ticket information, go to IACVegas.com. And for everything about Bob Anderson, go to BobAnderson.com. And, Bob, thanks for being on the show again. Ira, it's been my pleasure. It's been my pleasure every time I've been on here. And Appreciate I look it. forward to the next time, buddy. Thanks. See you next time. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Be my